All right, well, hey, I'm Mark, executive pastor here. Welcome to the Grove 2021. Anybody excited about that? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Um, hey, I, this series is something that Charlie and I have been talking about for a while, not just about the series, but just about some, some more direction about, uh, you know, what, what it looks like for us, what it looks like for us individually as, as a community to, to, really, to really follow Jesus. And um, just the recognition that there are some things that you need to do. And there's some things that just need to be true about who you are and the, the be part of that. And, uh, and so this series here at the beginning of the first two weeks kind of focused on the, the be and then the last two weeks more on, on the do. And I'm just going to talk real candidly this morning, uh, make an observation that, I, you know, I hate to throw a blanket out and say this is all of us, but I would say that it's definitely true and it, for me and, and the people around me that, I, that I've spent time with over this last year that, um, you know, it's just, it's been, because it's been so difficult and because there's so much that could make us anxious and so many challenges that it's, it's you know, it's kind of forced us where either we've, we've chosen to, to lean into those long-term uh, promises and convictions or to just find some relief in a short-term vice that we have, whatever your favorite vice is. And, uh, you know, I feel like it, for me, there's, sometimes there's been kind of this toggle between those two, which depends on which week you catch me, which month you catch me, what's happened most recently. But I've, I've watched it happen, like that, that choice of choosing to, to, you know, to build your house on rock or, or to build it on sand. And what happens over time is it just those, those things that we go to other than truth just show themselves to be completely insufficient. <laughs> you know, they just, they just do. If anything, if it feels like anything has happened this last year, it, it's just revealed the insufficiency of any other place to go and, and find comfort, to find peace, to find life other than Jesus. And, you know, we, we know that's true, but I, I just, I know that as we start this new year, um, man, being reminded of it, calling it what it is, and setting our eyes on Him and giving Him our attention is so huge. And um, kind of to start this morning, I, I want to show something to you. I just think this is really, really interesting. There is a, uh, an ancient text uh, written in Sanskrit from, on the other side of the planet uh, in 700 B.C., that has this little, this little prayer. And so for all of these centuries, all of these years, people on the other side of the planet who have not, you know, have not had Jesus really revealed to them have been praying this prayer. And I think it's, it's the prayer that's at the core of all of us, just a, of humanity. We know we desperately have this need. I've got it up, up here in Sanskrit. You're not going to be able to read that. But I'm going to try to uh, say it the way that they say it because it's just it's really cool the way that they say it. And, and maybe that'll make that sound a little bit better than what it looks like. Uh, but they say it like this. Before worship services, after, in their morning time of devotion, it's just something that they do pretty constantly. It goes like this. Asatoma sadgamaya tamasoma jyotiergamaya mritormaha 
Amritam Gamaya Shanti 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 And here's the here's the English of what, what that means. It's this prayer asking to be led from falsehood to truth. From lies to truth. From darkness lead us to light. From death to life to immortality. And let us be granted peace. We desperately need peace. Peace three times. Sometimes more than that. Now, I don't know if you, if you notice, or this immediately came to your mind, but when you overlay this with uh, what Jesus said about himself in John chapter 14, verse 6, where he says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me, that our Jesus is the answer to that prayer, that deep longing, that deep yearning, the difference between darkness and light. Uh, just thought about this. On, on Christmas, right Christmas morning, when the, before the, the twins come in to, you know, to see the tree and do all of that part, I, I've always tried to somehow like, bring attention to, to what this is really about. And for some reason, this Christmas morning, and I think the candlelight service, because it was just so incredible, and looking at, at the light in the middle of, of darkness, I tried to black out their room and make it as dark as I could, and just lit a candle. And like, this is what Jesus did. We can't see each other, and look at this. He lit the place up. <laughs> that Jesus is the one that brings light, that Jesus is the one that illuminates and is the way, that Jesus is the one that from death to life, and we know and talked about this all through December, he is the prince of peace. There's no other place to find peace but in him. He's the answer to this prayer, and we, we have him. If you know him today, you have him. But I fear that we're real quick to take that for granted, here, if people seek to know the answer to this and it hasn't been revealed to them, it's been revealed to us. For a lot of us in this room, I mean, we've, we've turned from our sin, we've trusted in that, we have, we have him, and yet we still go other places to find answers. John 17.3 is uh, something else that Jesus said in a, in a prayer, and in our um, new members class, a lot of times I'll, uh, I'll try to always share this because when I read this and really caught a hold of it, it was just transformational for me. I had, you know, heard about Jesus. I had seen how my sin had separated me from God. I had, I had put faith in him and begun to follow him. And when I thought about eternal life, I just thought about being with him in heaven and so there was like, man, all right, my sin is forgiven. I have this, you know, this thing with Jesus, and now I'm going to, to get to go to heaven. And then I read this prayer where he defines eternal life. And he defines it not as a location or a place, future tense. He says, this is eternal life. They may know, me, know you, the only true God. Remember, he's praying that they would know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So when he describes eternal life, he describes it as a present tense relationship, 
That yes, future tense means, uh, you know, after we die with him, but it means right now with him. That we can be with him and know him and be known by him now and enjoy this relationship. It was transformational for me because I realized, man, that's not something that I have to wait for. Uh, I felt like I, I was just twiddling my thumbs thinking, what do I do with this life until I die? But that's not what this is. I get to choose heaven on earth or hell on earth today if I choose to know him and to know him more and to make him priority or if I choose to just press him to the sideline and try to find it in some other place. Yeah, I, I fear that we take what we have for granted. And so with the time that we have left, I just want to walk through some things of what it means to be in that relationship, to really, to really seek that relationship. And if you've been walking with Jesus for a while, this may be some review that I think, at least for me, is needed. If maybe these are some thoughts and some verses that you've never seen before and it's, and it's new to you. But I think these are just some of the most powerful uh, things I could share to think about what this relationship looks like. The first thought, relationship means knowing what he said and what he did. It means knowing. It means spending time in the revelation that he's given us in his word and, and knowing what he said and what he did. You know, I, uh, it, it's happened a lot. In fact, there are, there's a few faces in here this morning that I, you, you experienced this. We, we got to know each other a little bit on Sunday morning. I, you know, in the beginning it was, hey, and then we get this little two-minute or ten-second conversation Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. And to me, that's horribly incomplete and feels like, man, I don't really have a clue who you are. You don't really know who I am, but we keep on saying hello to one another. And at some point I said, man, let's go, let's go grab some coffee. And I just sit down and go, man, tell me your story. Because I, I don't feel like I know you. I feel like we're playing a game. I want to, I want to know you. So, so tell me, man, where do you come from? Where, how did you learn about Jesus? Why are you coming to the Grove? Give me, give me all the goods, you know? You know, if we're going to know Jesus, it means that you're going to take some personal time to kind of figure out and, and learn about him. And he has. He's, he's revealed himself to us in his word. In his word, we see how God works, what he did, what Jesus did, the things that he taught, the things that he said. We get, we get to know him if we spend time there. 2 Timothy three sixteen and 17, it talks about scripture. It says that it's all breathed out by God. This is this is his word. It's as if you went and said, hey, all right, man, give me the goods. And he starts to talk. This is it. It's here for us. And it's profitable, it says, for teaching that revelation of, of what's true and, and what's false, for teaching, for doctrine, so it shows us what's real. And then it just doesn't leave us there. And I'm just going to tell you, if you've been walking with Jesus for a while, the temptation is to think that you kind of, all right, I, I learned it. You know, I kind of know these things and I know enough. Like somehow you arrive at some point, but that's just not the way it works. And we have to stay in his word because it teaches us, but then inevitably the gravity is to pull us away from truth. And it says that it reproves us, it, it, direct, it uh, rebukes us. When we get out of line, it says, no, whoa, 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 you're off course. Now, if you're not staying in it, what will happen is you'll continue to, to get off course. But if you're in it, it will say, no, no, no. But then it just doesn't leave us there rebuked. It corrects us back on the right path, and it trains us in righteousness. And this goes so far as to say, uh, so that the man of God may be uh, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So the things that we're supposed to accomplish in this life 
we're able to accomplish it because it equips us to do that, to be the kind of men and women who can make a difference on the planet, not just experience peace and life and light in the way, but but also be able to, to share that with others. We have to be there. Romans 12, verse 2, um, maybe my favorite, do not be conformed to this world, which would not be true if, if you guys, I mean, I, I think that there's so much pooling because we're sitting in the middle of this boiling pot of culture, and it's trying to conform us to be anxious about the things that people are anxious about, to be worried about the things that people are worried about, to be fearful of the things that people are fearful about, to get excited about the things that everybody else is excited about. And all along, this is, don't be conformed to the world, but there's this transformation that has to happen in our minds. And this transformation happens when we spend time in His Word and we're able to renew our minds to see the way, see things the way God sees them. And a lot of times the way that God sees them is so radically different and we will miss it because his perspective is so much higher and so much above the mess. And we, we get pulled down into the mess and then we lose sight of it. And it's by his word and it's by time with him that we rise up above that to see things the way that he sees them. And our mind has to be re- renewed, almost like a computer that's gone bad that needs to be reset and rebooted <laughs> And that's not just, man, every once a week or every once in a while. It's like, man, I don't know about you guys. I kind of continually need that, but need that because it's, there's this constant barrage of something else, another story, another narrative, where he's not at the center of things. Maybe I am or something else is. Uh, another narrative that's trying to tell me that, there, that everything's breaking and I lose sight of him and the way that he sees it. We need our minds renewed that we may be able to discern what God's will is, his good and acceptable and perfect will, we are unable to discern if we're not camping out in his word. That's where we have truth, but are we taking advantage of that truth or are we just taking it for granted? It sits there in your your pocket on your phone, (laughs) screaming out, you know? You could play it in the car. We've got so many ways that we can dive into it right now that it's ridiculous. But, but do you? I don't know what that would look like uh, this next year. I'll, I'll challenge you with this. If something is a priority, it finds a way into your schedule. So uh, I, I, the minute I say that, I get convicted, and I know that if I try to say that out loud, that the first thing that's going to come into my head is, Mark, you don't do it because it's not a priority. Because if it was a priority, you would make the time for it, right? Now, what does it look like? I don't know. If, you, if you've never done a one-year Bible read, maybe that's what you need to do this year. That's, that's an, an awesome way to, to break it down and to, and to begin to dive into God's Word this next year. But let me challenge you with this, man. Please don't do that and make it where it's something you just mark off a checklist and you read through it so fast you can't even keep up. If you read a passage and your mind goes somewhere else, please stop and go back and, and, and read it again. The point is to get to know him. If you and I were, if we, you and I were having coffee and I blanked out and my mind went somewhere else while you were telling your story, <laughs> please stop me and say, hey, I don't think you were listening to the last part. <laughs> if I care at all, I'm going to say, whoa, 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 let, let, let me hear that again. This is, this is relational. This is not just some... 
you know, task that has to be accomplished. If it becomes that, then it becomes death, it becomes law, it becomes pointless. What does it look like to, to read it more, to find out more how to study it? Maybe you've never memorized some of it. Maybe you've never taken a verse, memorized it, and just said and, and, and meditated on it and, and let that truth, some of these that I'm sharing today, man, these, these are verses that you can just sit with and it can just change you, transform you if you spent time with it. Um, one thing that I love to do just as, a, as an idea that helps me kind of stay focused, right now I'm doing a study where I'm just asking what actually are the things that Jesus said to do? What are his commands? And so I'm just reading through the Gospels going, all right, I'm just marking down. Every, anytime he said, do this, you know, you should do this, then I'm, I'm just making a list of those things. Something about having something to look for and being on a treasure hunt makes it really exciting to me and helps me dive into it. And if you talk to other friends, people in your small group, everybody's maybe learned some different ways just to, to stay engaged in it. But whatever you do, you, 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 you got to transform and renew your mind. You have to, to camp out and live there. The other thing is relationship means sharing your heart and hearing his voice. I'm talking about prayer here, but notice I didn't just say prayer. I mean, I, I said this relational sharing of your heart and really stopping and listening to his. Philippians chapter 4, you know, it says this, and y'all, this is, this is powerful. If you, this is one of those, if you want to commit one verse to memory, this, this is the one I would challenge you with. Don't be anxious about anything. And I'm going to, I've memorized it in a different version, so I apologize if it's a little bit different than this, but be anxious for nothing, but in everything, with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God, and this peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This, this command, be anxious for nothing. It is possible to not be anxious, but what are you going to have to do? You're going to have to yield yourself before him. You're going to have to, to pray with these prayers of petition, with thanksgiving, noticing all the incredible things that God has done all around you this day. And you make these requests known to God, and it, and it makes this promise that he, he grants peace. And it's a peace that you cannot find anywhere else. It's this peace that's above understanding. It's, it's not just what you see and smell and, and the way you feel and, the, and, the, and all your flighty emotions. It's No, it's this peace that's bigger than that, that's only found in Jesus. John 15, 7, Jesus makes this promise. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you desire and it shall be done for you. And I don't know about you, but most, most of my life, and I'm trying to teach the twins, they're six, how to pray. And honestly, a lot of my prayer life looks like the way that they pray. They say, God, would you do this? Would you do this? Would you do this? Would you do this? Would you do this for me? Oh, and this, I'd like this, and I'd like this, and I'd like this, like, you know, their, their list for Santa. And they haven't matured to the place yet. That they get, you know, when the disciples ask Jesus how you should pray, the example that he gave in the Lord's Prayer is this one of beginning with just recognition and praise of how incredible this God is and how, I mean, how incredible it is that we get to come into his presence 
in recognition of that, and then recognition immediately that, man, I'm, I'm broken, and here's the things that I need to confess, and if I can't see them, God, please put your finger on them so I know the things that I need to bring before you and say, that's not good. And then Thanksgiving, man, looking at life and, and noticing all the things that we have to be thankful for instead of just having all the focus on all the things that are broken or that we wish were different. And by the time you go through that and you get to the point that you're ready to ask something, (laughs) there's a lot of clarity in what needs to be asked, the places in life that you see that his kingdom needs to come and his will needs to be done. And you see it and you go, no, his kingdom doesn't seem to be present there. God, bring your kingdom there. This part of my life seems like it's missing. Would you please drop your kingdom into my life in this area? That's the reason he says, if you abide in my words, and my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish and it shall be done. What do you think your prayer requests are going to be if you're camping out in his word and your mind is wrapped around him? If you're abiding in him, your your prayer requests begin to change. The things you care about begin to change. You're transformed. In practice, you know, I I don't know what your prayer life looks like. Or, uh, you know, again, I think everybody is different relationally. What what does it mean? Is it a walk? I I like to walk and and pray out loud, find some place. It's really weird when you're on a trail, though, and you're praying out loud and people, like, walk by you, just telling you, be careful. They they might call the police on you. But uh, I don't know if it's walking, if it's it's finding a place in your house to get alone, um, you know, what, what that looks like for you. I know it involves more than just asking. I know that a prayer journal is something that I wish that I could just do, and I've always struggled at it, and every year I'm like, man, I'm going to do that this year. Because when I look back and I see the things that I've asked the Lord for, and, I've, and he has answered those prayers, and I haven't documented them, I just need that because it's something when you can go back to that and go, look at that, he did that, and he did that, and he did that, and he's been faithful, and he's been faithful, and he's been faithful, and he's going to be faithful again in this, this thing that I'm in right now. Uh, so I, I don't know, but you got to do it, y'all. Got to know him. You got to talk to him. I know the thing that we really don't do is we, we are loud mouths, man. We talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And the thing that most people don't do is stop long enough to say, Jesus, reveal yourself to me. I'm here. I'm just listening. Man, I'm telling you, some of the most powerful times when I've done that, it's convicting times because he goes, I don't like that. <laughs> you should do that. And it's the thing that I haven't, but, I, but then I know it. But I never get it if I never stop to listen. And then the last thing I, I wanted to just share this morning, relationship means embracing him as, as Savior and as Lord. As Savior and as Lord. Because I tell you, we, we really like uh, verses like John one twelve. It says, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. We, we, we love it that, uh, and it is, I mean, it, it's incredible that he, he laid down his life for us. He made it possible. He loves us. Deeply. We are children of God. We have this, this friendship and this relationship with Jesus that we enjoy. And that is, that is incredible. But we're, we're missing this massive piece of it if we don't also realize that he's got all authority and that he is king. 
this study that I'm doing, looking at the commands of Jesus, something that's just jumped out to me is that he comes preaching the kingdom of God is near. He sends the disciples out saying the kingdom of God is near. You know, we are a part of a kingdom and there is a king and he has authority. You know, in the Great Commission, he says, all authority has been given to heaven and earth. It's been given to me. I, I have the, uh, the authority. He speaks into our life and says, do things. And part of the relationship with him is to recognize his authority. And that it's not always going to be hunky-dory, you know, daisies and, daisies and rainbows. But he's going to come into our life and he's going to bring change that needs to happen. Sometimes there's going to be a rebuke. Sometimes there's going to be a correction Sometimes we're not going to understand what's going on, and we trust his authority, but we don't like somebody to tell us what to do. <laughs> so that part of the relationship, we're just, we stay immature like spoiled brats who only want things that go the way that we want them to go and don't want to be told what to do. But I challenge, I don't, I don't know that we'll ever really know him if we don't know him in, in his authority and give him authority, this lordship in our life. John 14, 21 says it really clearly. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he is the one who loves me. This is the reason I'm doing this search on what are the commandments, because I want to love him well. And I feel like I know what some of them are, but I want this, this I want to see it. I want, I want the list, because I want to love him well. He who has my commandments and keeps them, he is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him. And this is what I want more than anything, don't you? That he would reveal or manifest himself to me, that he would reveal himself. But if I'm going to love him well, it means that I have his commandments, and I keep them. I obey them. It matters. And here's the thing with the way, the truth, and the life that Jesus is. Sometimes the way may not be the way that you expected or wanted. Sometimes the truth may be really, really convicting and different than what you thought it was going to be. Sometimes the life, a lot of times, the life requires the death of something in your life that's keeping you from experiencing that life. That's what it means to follow Jesus. That's what it means to be a child of God, to be loved and then to see who he is in, in, in his authority and to follow him. You know, we, we get to choose. We can choose to lean into this, to, to build our house on the rock, or not. A choice not to lean into this, if this is having a relationship with him, eternal life on earth, heaven on earth, then yeah, we can choose to have hell on earth today to go our own way, to be conformed to, the, to what's going on around us and, and, and to miss it and to not experience it. You know, I, uh, have you seen that newest Trolls World Tour uh, cartoon? Uh, my favorite character is Growly Pete. I like Growly Pete. He just, I don't think he says much more than Growly, Growly, Growly. Growly, growly, growly. In fact, uh, now I'm getting the reputation in the family. Sometimes, you know, when daddy gets growly, I'm growly Pete. I was growly Pete the other day, and it usually happens about this time of year because, we get, you know, we get all these presents, all these toys for Christmas, and then I'm just walking around the house just going, we got too much plastic. I don't like all this plastic. You didn't play with that toy last year. 
That toys, I could rewrite. In fact, that, this came out of my mouth the other day. Growly, 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 growly. You, you haven't played with that in a whole year. I'm going to wrap that up and give it to you next year. Because you ain't played with it. Growly, growly, growly. That's my, these, Jack and Darcy, their th- favorite thing is to watch videos of kids playing with toys. I'm like, you got toys. Play with your toys. So what did we do last night? There was some... Uh, we watched something, and I got in my I'm like, all right, we're going to take Legos, and we're going to build cars, and then we're going to make a track down the staircase, and we're going to race them and see who falls apart or blows up or goes the fastest, right? And they had a blast doing it, and I had a blast doing it, and I realized that, that maybe they just didn't, didn't realize how to. <laughs> maybe they needed guided into how, how you play with a toy, you know? It's been there all along. They've got these toys, but they watch somebody else play with them instead of embracing it for themselves. I fear that we do that a lot. You know, we got this. We got it all. We got all the treasures of heaven. And we listen to somebody else talk about how much they love him and have somebody else experience it. Maybe listen to somebody give a sermon or do something or read some book. And all along, it's just right there. Why Why don't we just embrace it? Why don't we embrace it this year? Why don't we embrace it? Why don't you embrace it? Here for the next few minutes, I, I don't want to just close us in prayer. I want to kind of lead us uh, a little bit. So uh, if you bow your heads and close your eyes, I promise I won't make anybody raise a hand or anything like that. <clears throat> um, but I just want you to take a second and and just ask Jesus, you know, is, is there anything, is there anything, or maybe even more specific, what is that thing that is, has taken a higher priority in my life than you, Jesus? What is it? Is it a thing? Is it a vice? Is it a relationship? Is it, you know, something good that has taken my attention instead of what is best something bad that I I should have turned away from a long time ago Father we just say that this this day we want to experience eternal life today the life that you have promised the uh, the illumination of of what's right and what's true the discernment to be able to see what what path to walk father we want to give you all of our attention the attention that you are due both as our our savior and as our king we want to know you we recognize that building our life on anything else is just futile. It's, it, it's pointless. It's incapable of holding up the weight of our life, of our relationships, of the things that we're responsible for, of the provisions, that, of the things that we need, of peace. That's only in you, Jesus. And we say that we want it. So please... Let this be a year that as uh, in our own lives, as a community, that we 
we seek you, not just a little bit, with our whole heart that we would seek you. Seek you in your word, seek you in, in prayer and in, in listening and meditation. That we would let you have that place where you can speak loud and our ears are ready to hear and to respond. We ask it to your glory.